Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag K-I-P, hashtag K-I-P. Help me to make KIPP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Welcome back, Kingdom Influencing Nation. I pray that you're having a blessed, supernaturally powerful day that God is moving in your life and that you, in turn, are sharing that move of God in the life of others. Uh, thanks so much again for listening to this, this weekend and listening uh, formal weekends. I hear some of you saying that you're playing catch up, but these uh, podcasts that I'm creating now are successive podcasts. So we need to try to stay on track and hear them one behind the other so that you'll have that growing kind of a modular learning experience that helps to make everything palpable for you as both a learner and an educator, because I know that many of you are educators in the sense of talking to other people. You have your own networks. You have your own uh, body of uh, people that you address on a weekly basis. And so I want to make sure that as I'm sharing with you, that you are getting this in bite-sized chews, if you will, so it's easily transferable. Today, I, I want to kind of set a backdrop for why I wanted to talk about um, the influencing church, doing the influencing church. And this is part two, but I kind of wanted to leave even a, a, a bigger backdrop. I think I kind of did a meta narrative backdrop last week, but I kind of want to share some of the things that I'm seeing culturally, society, uh, in society. Uh, that may be helpful to us in terms of understanding why it's time for the church to not stand up and flex its muscles, but it's time for the church to stand up and flex its love. Okay? I, I see today an intentional deconstructing of the family, um, and there's a reason why God put certain sociological constructs together, the mother, the father. There's a reason why he wrote about that. And there's a reason why it was written in a book that is timeless in the sense that it is the best-selling book in the history of the world. And so we need to acknowledge that as believers, I also see a complete dismantling and 
dismissal of the Judeo-Christian culture and values. Um, people are literally uh, refuting Christianity as if it means absolutely nothing. So I can have any other religion, serve any other God. But when I talk about my faith being a believer, believer in Jesus Christ, there's a problem. And we need to be able to address that as apologists and not as someone who's offended, but from someone who understands the sign of the times, knows what to do, knows what to say, and how to address these things so that we can come to some point of either equilibrium or disagreeing to disagree. Uh, there's also a, a strong secular viewpoint that is being embraced and well, widely embraced, even by people who are members of the church, um, whereas we need to be embracing a biblical worldview, uh, the, the spirit of compromise is so thick in the atmosphere and so thick in our communities that we almost don't want to stand out. And so in order not to stand out, we begin to embrace a secular worldview. And, and there are two pockets of this worldview, but I want to address secular worldview or secularism from the perspective that uh, they only, they may go to church. A secularist is not a person that doesn't go to church. A secularist is someone who goes to church. However, they believe that the tenets of the faith and the faith and what they've learned in church is for church Sunday only, literally. And then when they go out to the workforce or in the marketplace, this, it's a totally different personality or, or, if you will, character construct than it would be if they were in church on Sunday. That's what's happening to a lot of Christians today. And we need to understand that who we are is who we are. And we need to intentionally be who we are every day of the week. And I, I, I completely understand the difficulties. Uh, people call you Jesus freak, uh, holier than thou, uh, culturally irrelevant, uh, non-tolerant, you know, all of these kinds of, of, of names come up, but there has to be a, a space in our lives that's organic, that is truly a place where we love God, where we simply say, uh, for God I'll live and for God I'll die. I mean, it has to be a place where it is, well, just because you don't like what I'm saying doesn't mean that what I'm saying is no longer relevant. Just because you don't like what I'm saying does not mean that what I'm saying is not relevant. Here's the, 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 the caveat that we need to have as believers. And it, it's simply this, that the word of God will never return unto God void. So if God gives you a word for someone on your job, in the marketplace, someone in your community, someone at home, and maybe they're recalcitrant, maybe they balk at the word, you know, that, that maybe they want to debunk what you're saying. The, the point of the matter is you need to be able to stand strong on what you believe, not to the point of being overbearing or being a doctrinal ogre. That's not what I'm talking about. But saying what you say in love and then let the chips fall where they may. Let the chips fall where they may. And, 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 and continue to go on and, and live your life and let God do the rest. All right? The, the three phases of, of delivering God's word. We're 
all in one or three phases. We're either planters. We're planting a seed that's never been planted in the life of an individual. We are waterers. We're watering a seed that has been planted by other individuals. And we're simply uh, reinforcing that with water. And, and or the third is we're in the posture of intercession, where we're interceding for people who have both received seed, received water, but we are interceding so that God will grant the increase. So when God grants the increase, that's the final uh, 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 place of growth and development within that individual. And God will bring them to where they need to be. But our job is we're constantly planting seed, we're constantly watering, and we're constantly praying. This, those three tenets make us influential. The other thing that makes us influential is the foundation for all of that, of course, is your personal prayer and personal conversation with God. Every day when we get up in the morning, we need to simply ask the question, God, what is it that you want me to do? How do you want me to serve you in the kingdom? So when we're praying, we're not just praying as a ritual, but we're praying as a dialogue or a conversation with God, wanting to know what his will is for our life. And then leaving, when we get up, we have to have a sensitivity to hearing his voice so that we're hearing the leading of God during the course of the day. That takes time. It doesn't come overnight. But if you practice it, it's just like anything else. If you practice wanting to hear God move in your life, wanting to have that pure relationship with God, God will speak to you, lead you, and guide you through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is already inside of you. If you receive Christ in your life, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. If he's inside of you, what is he there for? To sit there and be docile? No, he is there to lead and guide us to all truth and understanding. But we have to tap into the excellency of the treasure that is inside of us. Here's, here's what the Bible says, and, and we need to be very, very clear. Because we think we're doing this thing on our own when in all actuality, this is a partnership. This is a partnership. We're in partnership with God. So watch this. I'm able, this is God talking the scripture. I'm able to do exceedingly. God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think and or ask. Watch this. According to the power that worketh within us. So the Holy Spirit is working in us. And we have to be clear on his designation as someone who works with us on a daily basis, who interfaces with us on a daily basis, as long as we interface with the God in us, the God in us will interface with us. There are times, and you all know this, we can shut out the Holy Spirit. We can shut out God. We can get up in the morning and do our own thing. And you know the deal. God is not an ogre. He is not going to make us do anything. But what God does is wait until we develop a sensitivity to his purpose and his spirit and the role that we have in each other's lives. He wants to perfect those things that concern us. He wants to work with us. And we have to be clear on that. 
very, very clear on that, that God wants to work with you. And we need to want to work with God. And, and, and that kind of relationship will make you influential because as he's speaking to you, you will begin to grow. And as you grow in the things of God, you'll understand that your words have weight. All of our words have weight. Watch this. Here we go. The scripture clearly declares that the power of life and death is in the tongue. In other words, when we speak, we have power to bless. We have power to curse. We can bless others. We can curse others. We can bless ourselves. We can curse ourselves. And, and in other words, what God is looking for is general consistency. He doesn't like a mouth that speaks both blessings and cursing. So what we need to do is learn how to bless other people. And that doesn't always mean that you're telling them what they want to hear. That's not necessarily blessing people. Blessing people is telling them what God tells you to tell them or, or speak into their life so that he can begin to nourish the seed that you planted in their heart. And he'll send other people, that process I talked about earlier, to water that seed. And then you can continue to pray over that uh, situation or that person so that that person eventually receives the increase of God. We want them to receive the increase of God. As a matter of fact, we want them to know that God is real. That's why we can't be afraid to share things with people that God has spoken in our spirit. And just because you don't have confirmation and just because uh, you don't see everything doesn't mean that you, when you emphatically know that God told you to share something, that you don't share. You have to get a spirit of boldness, holy boldness. And we speak those things that we heard in the dark, in the light. And so uh, those are some of the concepts that we have to understand. And another part of that foundation is not only prayer and relationship with God, because we're in this partnership, but reading and studying. The more you read and the more you study the Bible, the more you become innately sensitive to his word. In other words, you become innately sensitive to his voice. I can hear my mom, God rest her soul, to this day when she would come to the door and I may be on the, the backside of the house at a playground playing baseball or kickball or football or some other athletic event or riding our bikes. But when she said Derek L, I knew her voice. We need to become so relational with God that when God speaks to us, we know his voice. We know it's not the pepperoni pizza we ate last night. We know it's not a, a voice we're making up in our subconscious mind, but we actually know the still sounding voice of God. And we know it's not the voice of the enemy because the enemy is a manipulator. He sounds like God, but he's not God. He roars like a lion, but he's not the original lion of Judah. He's a mimic. And so we have to be very clear on the various voices that enter our space and enter our head that we have a system for weeding those voices out to make sure 
that the only voice that we're following is the voice of God. So when you study God's word, you become familiar with not only his will, but his ways. His will is what he wants us to do. His ways is how we do it. And so we have to be uh, sensitive. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. This Holy Spirit will give you discernment so that you can hear the difference between what God, uh, 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 even what God said and what God is saying. And that's a whole nother uh, theological concept. We'll talk about that at another date. But what I wanted to lay into your spirit today was simply this. In order to be an influencing church, we have to read the word and write the word on the tables of our heart. Because the scripture declares that out of the abundance of our heart, the the out of the abundance of the of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's ever on our heart is what's it's what's coming out of our mouth. So we have to be very clear on what we study, what we put into our heart. So when someone cusses you out, that's really in their heart. They that's intentional. That's not something I, I know people say things, they say, Oh, I didn't mean to say it, but in all actuality, you may not have meant to say it, but what you said was on your heart, okay? So we have to be very clear to read the word so that we have the proper commentary, we have the proper understanding of who God is, and we have the proper understanding of his will in terms of timing because everything in life is timing. Talking to people, leading people to Christ, sharing the gospel, being an apologist, talking to people that may be recalcitrant to whatever you have to say, it's all about timing. Be very clear that we need to talk to people only when God lets us know it's time to share. And when we share, we need to be clear on the moment and the pocket of time where God is speaking through us. And when that transition happens, where we start talking and it can mess up everything that God said. So, a lot of times you'll hear me talking to someone and I say, and that's all I'm going to say, because if I say anything else, it'll be flesh. We don't want the flesh to interfere with the things of the spirit. So we want to be very careful about how we speak and what we say. It's not what you say all the time. It's how you say it. People are more turned off by how we say it than what we said. People are more turned off because of the timing that we said it than what we said. In other words, the right time and the right tenor of voice would make the difference in the world between being able to help someone uh, or to save someone's soul or turning them completely away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a sensitivity to the spirit that we have to develop that we can pray for by asking God to give us the spirit of discernment. Hey, this is uh, partly uh, not where I want it to go uh, in totality, but it sets the platform, it sets the backdrop for next week because I want to talk about the, uh, uh, the tension in society uh, when you're trying to walk in the gift of being an influencer. The, the tension. You know, even about the things that I talked about earlier, the deconstruction of the family, the, uh, uh, the dismantling and the dismissal of Judeo-Christian uh, values and culture. If I share those things, 
I may not be received, but I have to be willing to put my neck on the line and not be received. I have to be willing to be canceled. And so what I really want to delve into, and I'm still going to be talking about the influential church. This is all part of the series. But I want to say this, the church cannot be afraid of this new world order. We cannot be afraid of what we call cancel culture. It's a strong derivative of postmodern indoctrination. Many of our children are growing up on it. It, it, it makes tradition, non-tradition. It makes time-tested principles. To Literally, children want to, or the, the, the generation coming up now wants to retest the principles that have already been proven. Now, and I believe that that's a generational thing, and I believe that all of us as adults can remember times as young adults when we didn't listen and, and we wanted to, to experiment and try the principles. But to certain extremes, there's a movement not to try the principles, but to get rid of them altogether. And so what you have is a, is a, a, a relativistic society where there's no standard for anything. And if there's no standard for anything, we're in trouble. So let's prepare not to be in trouble. We'll talk next week more about the influencing church. You've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. I want you to have a wonderful, wonderful, supernaturally blessed week. And remember, you're here in the earth to influence the nations.